hello and welcome to the Mo Bro Show, where I, Tip Mosley, pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, will sit and discuss topics of life, ministry, and theology with my brother, J.P. Mosley, who is a professor and minister at Heidelberg Theological Seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. On today's episode, J.P. and I will discuss pet peeves that he and I have in our personal lives and in our work, and we'll continue in the book of Ecclesiastes as we discuss the phrase, fly in the ointment. than anything and that's whispering i cannot i cannot stand whispering and i don't i don't i don't mind if people whisper to each other i don't care like oh no they've is it because you don't like people having secrets and no, i don't care about that um i don't like people whispering to me you well you have a hard time hearing in the first place no it's not that it's it's that and thank you for that um it's that people don't realize that when they're whispering the 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 sounds that they make, uh, like the the sound of your your lips, teeth, and tongue, those don't whisper. And so there's this whole. Uh, let me look it up. I can't remember what it's called. I, there's it's four letters, uh, and it it was like taking everybody by storm for a while because everybody wanted to. Oh yeah, um, autonomous sensory meridian response. Do you know what that is? ASMR. Well, I knew what the first letters were. I don't know what it. <laughs> that didn't they didn't tell me what it is. <laughs> there's this I, thing. Uh, there's this thing what, called. I know what autonomous means. I know what sensory sensory means. It's this I know whole what response means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this whole thing of how you respond to a certain stimulus that allows you to um, like relax. So some of it. It's, some of it is uh, like people whispering into a microphone or people holding things up to a microphone and making like the crackling sounds with it. So there's this huge thing that was happening because, uh, you know, how millennials are all about things that trigger them. Oh, I'm getting triggered. I'm so sensitive. So there's this now there's this whole thing now on like YouTube where you can go watch ASMR videos of like some random lady or guy holding up a pencil to the microphone and, and writing and you hear the sound of, uh, of the pencil on the paper. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it makes you like your, your, um, doesn't make your skin crawl, but it kind of like gives you like goosebumps, like in a good way or it like helps you relax. I can't stand that stuff. Cause a lot of it's like whispering. And what people yeah. don't realize is that there's this thing called sibilance. So when you're, when you are talking like this, when you and I are talking, just take the word talking. You hear the t, t, right? And the k, k, and the t and in the k. If I'm whispering, talking, you still hear the t and the k just as loud as you would if I'm saying it normally. That's what I can't stand. I can't stand that. And the, the s st- sound. When you whisper and you say something like Sister Susie sitting on thistles and you whisper it, you're still going to hear the s, 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 
just as loud as you would if they weren't whispering. And so it's uh, technically it's that it's that sibilance that I can't stand when someone is whispering, like it just makes my skin crawl. I can't stand it. And so Aaron knows that there's this, uh, there's this parody video for some, some uh, like one of them bullet blender things that is ASMR. And this lady is like putting all these weird things into this blender. And um, she plays it for me all the time, knowing that I can't stand the sound of someone whispering. Mm. It just annoys the fire out of me. And then Eden, Eden will come up to me trying to tattletale on somebody, on t- tattletale on one of her brothers, and she'll whisper in my ear. And I have a knee jerk reaction to want to like push someone away when they're trying to whisper to me. <laughs> oh. and poor, poor Eden. All she well, wants to do is do tattletale. We, do we need to get a couch and have you lay down for a moment? No. Oh, okay. No, just don't start whispering. I will turn this thing off. Yeah. <laughs> if you whisper on the radio, that kind of defeats the purpose. Right. Um, no. By the way, you know, when I made that point of you, you have a hard time you know, hearing in the first place, I didn't mean that to be mean or anything. Um, you know, you I triggered, triggered me. Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> you little, you little millennial. <laughs> no, I just, I, you know, growing up, if, if you didn't hear something, you were, you go, what? And so yeah. I, I, I had to kind of go, he, he didn't hear me because, you know, there was a, there's an issue with, with one of your ears and that's okay. So I think that was for me training for the gospel ministry, because guess what I get to do for a living? I get to repeat myself every week. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, and if I get upset repeating myself, uh, something's wrong with me. Uh, pet peeves of mine, I do not like, and it, mine mine generally go along with my work. So, uh, <laughs> I don't like it when people are introducing a song for worship and they say we're going to sing the four verses. Um, personally, verse, I, you know, that's that's a pet peeve of mine. Verses are in the Bible; stanzas are in a song. so that's that's one of my pet peeves another one is when you're telling the congregation to stand to tell them to rise is something christ will tell them to do one of these days Uh uh-huh we've talked about that yeah so i I prefer the word congregation be stand um that's that's another one am i going to hold those pet peeves out over people as if you know you've all of a sudden got to do no because that to me is the definition of legalism uh-huh. Uh huh. When I have my pet peeves, and it's now the definition or the standard of what it means to um, um, be be a Christian minister or do the gospel, I don't know. No, that's that's not that's not appropriate. So, um, it's, I don't know if I have pet peeves in life. I, I can't, I mean, I, I worked in restaurants to get to college and I've got certain, I guess I had certain pet peeves for when I'm in a kitchen, nobody else had better be in there. Mm. I'll stab you. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I won't stab people. <laughs> um, Very territorial in your kitchen. 
<laughs> well, there's a reason. There's a reason it says if you can't stand the heat, get out of my kitchen. Yeah, is that why that guy is so mad all the time? Which guy? The guy on the on the show with the kitchens. Um, you don't want to poison somebody. You don't want to get somebody sick. What is the name of that? Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Friend, friend for the longest time tried to get me to watch some of the shows, and I just said I can't. I I've been there. Yeah. I don't want to go back to that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had moments where uh, I yelled at people. I never never lost my cool or sense of who I was, but um, you know, when you when you when you when you're cooking, there there is that. I mean, you're it's an intense situation. You've got a short amount of time to put up a lot of food and yep. Uh, and then you're in charge of making sure everything's done right. And, um, it was even more intense when I was in charge because I, I was I was a certified trainer for a corporate restaurant, and so it was even more intense when I was teaching people how to do it because if if he did it wrong, it reflected on me. And, Ooh, uh, yeah, that so made it even more. Um, Intense. Uh, I'm. I'm actually when it comes to. I, I guess Fran would be a lot better at saying what would be some of my pet peeves in life. Things, uh, yeah, things that annoy you, basically. Yeah, because on the whole, I'm, I'm kind of easy going. I. Um, I'll. I have told people to leave my house because they've said something biblically wrong. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I've kicked people out of my house. Before. I mean, company, brand people had them over, and I'm like, we're not having them over again. That I can understand. So, having a heretic in your house, yeah, yeah <laughs> I yeah. can understand kicking them out. But if somebody decides to deal the cards to the right, counterclockwise instead of to the left, clockwise, and then you kick them out of your house, that's a bit extreme. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I don't care about that kind of stuff. I, in other words, I, I can I can differentiate in life between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. Yeah, and and I think that's what keeps me from libertarianism and legalism. Uh, those are the same error essentially. It's adding or taking away. Yeah, and uh, the response to that, the biblical response to libertarianism and legal or lawlessness and legalism is grace. Um, and so. That's the reason why my pet peeves are mine and I'm not forcing them on somebody else's. Yeah. I don't allow people to whisper around me. I don't. Yeah. You, yeah I you, mean, I don't like people chewing with their mouth open. Uh, I mean, there's things like that, but I wouldn't say it's a pet peeve. Like all of a sudden somebody at my table, straight, like my kids, I'm going to keep your mouth shut. You know? Yeah. I think mine has to do a lot with the, the sound that mouths make. Because I don't like it when people smack. I don't like it when people make noise while they're eating. Yeah. I, I constantly get on to the kids. I don't want to hear you eating. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I want to. I want to see you eating because I want to make sure that you are eating. But I don't. I don't have to hear every smack and every chew and every crunch. I don't mind crunching. Crunching's not so bad. That you can't really help. As long as your mouth is shut while you're crunching. I just don't like mouth sounds, I guess, is what it is. 
<laughs> so stop talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh, I know a pet peeve of mine. I know now. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's unavoidable. I don't think there's anything that I can do to keep people from, from doing it. It just annoys the living fire. I mean, I was just talking to Fran about this the other day. Um, you know, there, there's a real sense that a police officer, a paramedic, a firefighter, uh, physicians, um, even lawyers, uh, ministers, we all deal with life or death situations. Um, whether it's physical life or death or it's spiritual life, spiritual. Or death. it's, it's, it's very real life or death. And so there's very real stress. What I don't like is when somebody's a, um, a painter of a house or a house decorator, and all of a sudden, this is the end of the world if they can't get that color. <laughs> that really bothers me. In, in other words, what Fran calls those things, he's it. Those are those, are those first world worries. Right, right, you know? right. And, and to get to the passage that we're talking about, I mean, it's a luxury to have ointment. And that okay. gum, this flight just ruined that entire oil. Right, right, right. Oh my right. goodness. So, Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I gotta catch up. Hang on. <laughs> so I can't I don't like I can't people. get that. I can't get that color. <laughs> I don't have the type of white that I want. And of course, right. I'm colorblind. I tell people I have 12 crayons in my crayon box. I don't care about color. Right. Right. No, oh, but it, but it could be like well, End of the wanted, daggum world because I can't get the right color. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I didn't want I didn't want this shade of marble. I wanted this shade of marble. Oh yeah. Or no, the archway is too high. Sometimes those people, you know, you have to go behind them and wipe her boogers off the ceiling because their noses are up a little too high. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand. I can't. So uh, there is a common miscon- misconception about some some. Uh, like, let's just real quick, and then we'll get on to the ointment because yeah. That's what we're getting to. I believe it was Van Halen who kind of started that whole thing of you're not allowed to have in our green room. We're not allowed to have brown M&Ms in the bowl of M&Ms. Yeah. That's so silly. Uh, Yeah. Well, is it though? Do you know the reasoning why they did that? I don't know. It's not, it's not snooty. It's not, you know, it's not being, uh, I don't. I didn't know there were brown M and M's. Yeah, yeah. There's brown ones. It's new to me. They're they're yellow, green, blue. Their blue ones were new when we were young. They introduced blue ones when we were younger. Red and brown. Yeah. So their their thing. So Van Halen got so popular to the point to where they were selling out arenas. You know, that's where we get arena rock is because they were selling out arenas and they had a lot of moving parts to their production, to their shows. They had a lot of people with their hands in a lot of things. So to make sure that everything was moving accordingly to how they expected it, because they needed it a certain way uh, in order for it to be a good show just one way for them to know that thing that that they could trust people on their production team and trust people on the teams that are putting the show together at the certain venues 
with all the things that they had to request and all the things that they had to put together to make sure that they could trust people, they put this little stipulation about their green room. No brown M&Ms. And so if they could come into their green room knowing that there were no brown M&Ms, then they would know that other aspects of everything else was done correctly and they could trust the people they were working with. That's why they did it. Yeah, I just don't trust people. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't because they didn't like the flavor of the brown M&Ms because they I all taste the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they all taste the same. It was well, I because thought, I didn't that, know there were actual brown M&Ms, so I thought that was just funny. No, yeah. No, and that's why people have somebody looking around, where are the brown M&Ms? Somebody already take them off. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna go crazy if they find a brown M&M and yeah, there weren't so any. They, I don't know. they weren't trying to be snooty and they weren't trying to be divas. They were just trying to make sure that things were done and they could trust the people that they were working with. Then there was that one that was that one guy going, What are MMs? I got W and W's. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my job. My M&Ms have S's on them. Yes, right. <laughs> I thought these were supposed to taste like chocolate. Chocolate. But anyway, yeah, you're talking about um ointment being a finer thing of life, uh being a commodity. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, back in back in that day, ointment 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 and it still to this day does so many different things you've got perfume uh cream you've got uh, uh medical ointment there's all kinds of different things uh, right that ointment ointment is and so it could be this is something that hey um this is supposed to help me to survive mm-hmm. and now there's a fly in it so right. it, it doesn't have to be as silly as a, as a pet peeve, you know, uh, right. You know, I, I gotta have this color wallpaper. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Um, but again, you know, that's not our livelihood. Our livelihood is not based on helping out these prima donnas and these whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I blame it on the 124 crayon boxes. Right. Three, four different names, six different names for yellow. Come on. There's, I didn't know there was more than one yellow. <laughs> um, yellow is yellow. There's just different shades of it. Okay. The same with every color. Uh, no, the, but then there, then there are. See, to me, then there's those moments where you've got three different ointments. Huh. Where you now have got access or uh, uh, to to a bunch of them. One time, one time this was this was many years ago. Um, I had uh, I was outside cutting the grass, and you can keep in mind, you know, I'm I've always lived on a budget. Don't I don't I don't have um, a money tree in my backyard, right? You know? So. When something when something breaks or you know tears down, uh, it's it's a bit, it's an issue. And I'm outside cutting the grass. All of a sudden, lawnmower won't work. I'm madder than spit. Yeah, just mad. Until until um, Francis, well, it's okay to have these first world worries. <laughs> I 
and then I just kind of sit down for a moment and just sulk uh-huh. and, and lick my wound uh-huh. and wish I caught something in that lawnmower there because maybe then I'd get some sympathy. <laughs> but no, in reality, that little phrase, that little line, and this is coming, my, I mean, my wife has got a, um, you know, her degree was in intercultural studies, was in missions. And so the idea of going to a third world country, she's done it. Um, she's been there. She's seen what life could, could be like. Well, you don't have to go out of America to see that either. Um, we have in the United States some people that are living in third world conditions. Yeah. Um, you and I have seen that. Um, and so it's it's just that it's it's putting putting things putting life into perspective, and and I encourage people stop watching HGTV, stop watching Fox News and CNN. Mm-hmm. News shouldn't last twenty four hours. News ought to be fifteen minutes. Stop, you know. I don't, I don't have a problem with people following sports and activities like that when it's a hobby, but when all of a sudden your health is on the line mm. and you know, you're, you're starting to have irregular heartbeats because your team just lost. Well, that's, first of all, you don't own the team. It's not your team. <laughs> There's nothing that you have invested in this. It is funny how, how you'll talk, like people will say it this way. Yeah, we won last night. You know, no. talking about let, let's say the let's say we'll talk about the Cardinals. Yeah, uh, are we talking about the Cardinals? St. Louis Cardinals. All right, so we won. We won Tuesday. Listen, listen to what I listen to my phrasing here. I thought it yeah. was Arizona Cardinals. No, come on, JP, St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> How did the game go Tuesday? We won. How did the game go last night? They lost. Yeah, that's my yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 bigger too. Um, this the issue with our culture and its first world things is uh, I can't get on this plane unless I have my emotion my emotionally support my support donkey. You say doggy or donkey? Donkey. I've heard that. That's when that's why airplanes and places like that had to put an end to it because they were allowing emotional support dogs uh-huh. and then cats. And then lizards, and then birds, and finally somebody trying to get on a plane with a donkey. Is that real? Yeah. Somebody tried to get on the plane with a donkey. That's what I heard. <sighs> it's it gets to the ridiculousness of this emotional support culture that we live in. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Politics is now based on people's emotions. Emotions, yeah. Um, how, how can we how can we feel the most emotion out of people? Try to mostly fear, yeah, uh, to cause panic to where they'll rely but on us more. You, you talked about our generation. I mean, we're, we're millennials, and one of the derogatory term given towards millennials are snowflakes. What is yep. that about? They're well, they sensitive. Can't handle when, they can't handle when somebody disagrees with them. Yeah, they're sensitive. Well, that's not true. I mean, I mean, it may be true for some people, but, you know, somebody disagrees with me, well, hey, that's fine. They can leave. I don't have to talk to them again. 
I mean, no, what, I mean, whatever. I mean, what do I know at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, but if they're disagreeing, they may have a good reason for disagreeing. Right. You know, but again, what we, what we have in our culture, what we have in our society now, um, it is truth is now based on how you feel. Mm-mm-mm. Instead of truth being based on data, yeah, actual like, hardcore statistical data. They go go to the pulpit and you hear you hear stuff like uh, like a feel good gospel. Yeah, you know if it makes you feel good, then that's what yeah. you need to lean towards. That, that's what that's what's truth. You know, hey, if it if whatever is in the Bible that makes you feel good, you know, lean lean to that. Um. Yeah, I, that's that's when you get people that are in front of people in front of a congregation that aren't pastors, that aren't preachers, that are motivational speakers that are trying to sell a book, mm-hmm. a self help book, and yeah, not right. and and not a a Bible. <laughs> and not, I mean, we don't we don't get up there to sell the Bible. We get up there to preach the Bible and the, and the truth, and it hurts. It's what we mean by nonprofit. Yeah. All right, so Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1. This is what we're kind of getting at here is this uh, an idiom that is found. We were in Ecclesiastes before for a couple of episodes talking about the, the phrase under the sun. And there's an idiom in uh, chapter 10 of Ecclesiastes that we get a fly in the ointment is the idiom. Here in the ESV, it says, dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Now, I think people, what 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 it means, the idiom taken out of the biblical context, it, it's a nuisance, a, a minor nuisance that you deal with. That's why at, we were dealing with certain pet peeves. And, yeah, that's why so we were talking about my, pet peeves and all that my mess. My breaking down, and I have an HOA to follow. Right? Lawnmower so, breaking down. I have an HOA, which means my grass has to be cut. Ugh. So I have to get this done. I can't just sit around and wait. Uh huh. That's when you get your scissors out and you just start cutting the grass with your scissors. <laughs> right. Or get goats. <laughs> the HOA. HOA would upon goats. <laughs> You had an answer to the man. Mm-hmm. There's more to this idiom than just, I, I think there's more to it than just a nuisance. I think it goes a little bit deeper. Because there's a, there's a second part to it. A little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. So right. what, is, what does that mean, and what does it have to do with flies being in a perfumer, per, bleh, perfumer's ointment? Well, if, if, if you carry the analogy, mm-hmm. so the folly is the fly, mm-hmm. right? And the ointment is supposed to be the response given but 
because there's a fly in it because it, it, it in other words the ointment no longer smells good right then when you're trying to do something and you foolishly you foolishly messed up right yeah let me let me give let me give you let me give you an example of of a real real situation i i had a ford windstar that drove uh almost across the country and forgot to check the oil that's a van right yeah it's a van okay forgot to check the oil in it and went to change the oil and it had a drop wow there was no more oil in it that engine died Mm -hmm. i didn't have the van anymore right now am i a fool no but was that a was that a foolish mistake Yeah. yeah and it cost me right that's the point. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I see it. You going back to what we were talking about before about work. Yeah. About, about toiling, about work. The perf, the perfumers work is the ointment. Uh, part of that ointment is being the fact that it's, he is a, he or she is a perfumer. That ointment must smell good. If the perfumer is to leave the ointment open, then it would attract flies. Now I don't know. I don't know what what they would have used in this ointment, um, but what is that other saying uh, that you can attract flies with honey better than you can attract them with vinegar? Is that correct? Is that the right idiom? I don't. I don't remember. I think it's but honey. I, 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 rem- I remember in restaurant business, you know how many how much manpower we put in trying to keep flies out of a restaurant. Right. Right. And I, when I worked in in pest control, yeah, that was one of the biggest issues that we had, other than cockroaches with um with restaurants was flies yep and we we of course it was extortion they sold fly treatment separately yep. when it should have well, i feel like it should have been part of the service given to any restaurant included yeah. fly treatment should be included for all restaurants i was i was having an assessment and review and i got a i got a raise too at this review but in the midst of it two flies that were um you know twitter pated or whatever landed right on the right on the table. We were out in the front of the house of the restaurant. I'm sitting across from the general manager and two flies landed right in the middle of the table. And I'm going, well, uh-huh. Uh-huh. isn't this weird? Uh-huh. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. So the, the perfumer has left the ointment open. Mm-hmm. And a all fly... I of, all I could think of was, I'm glad two people weren't sitting at this table eating food. Yep. When those two flies landed like that. Yep. And the the ointment being left open has attracted a fly, and the fly getting into the ointment has given off a stench. So now your work is ruined. Given that it's supposed to be a nice smelling ointment, a fly has gotten into it because of a mistake that you have made, being the perfumer, leaving it open, and now it's given off a stench. So then that carries over into a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. I want to ask you this, JP. Have there ever been instances in your life where you have embarrassed yourself Huh? No, never. Come, are you serious? No. Let's say, have there ever been instances in your life where you have made a mistake in front of people? Never. You are joking? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining my example. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake here. And so yes. here. <laughs> Golly, yes, I have. You got me rolling Multiple today. Multiple times. My side um, is hurting. 
and 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 when you when you speak publicly for a living, yep, um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I, I had, for instance, uh, people who had my notes saw uh, the error, but what came out of my mouth was the correction, and then I pointed out the error. I was in a class teaching uh, some theology, and I was making a point that. In order for us to properly understand our eschatology, we have to have a proper protology. And eschatology is the doctrine of the last things. Protology is the doctrine of the first things. But my notes read this way. In order for us to have a proper eschatology, we have to have a proper proct- proctology. <laughs> That's not what you want, my man. In order to have that, you don't... Mm-mm. And the only guy in the room that understood what a proctologist was was the one laughing. (laughs) He's like, amen to that, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So that was was one of those. But you see, I corrected myself verbally and then pointed out the error in my notes. Yeah. It's helpful sometimes when you you get up and you preach for a living for people to see, hey. You make mistakes. I make mistakes. I'm, you know, I mess up. And, and that might've, that was in a classroom setting, but, um, you know, it, it happens. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes, errors, and then I've stuck my foot in my mouth and sinned against people in leading meetings and, and various things like that too, that I've had to turn around and apologize for and, uh, make amends. Something had happened. Right. Last night in our Wednesday night Bible study, there was a gentleman who had to leave. He was called to work. Uh, he works kind of like on the clock um, as a, uh, um, I'm not sure what he does. It's probably best not to say. Well, I mean, it, it's net network uh, for um, like the uh, um, emergency call systems. And so he's like constantly on call. If there's ever something that goes down or something that they need help with, he has to go and he works from home. He does all from home. And so he, he had to leave and we were, we were in the middle of doing our uh, prayer requests for that evening. And in my mind, I was thinking, should I say, go bring home the bread or should I say, go bring home the bacon? So I rehearsed it real quick in my mind because he's, you know, he's going back to work you know, bring home the bacon or bring home that bread. So what came out of my mouth was go bring home that breaking. <laughs> See, those moments are those slips. I have a, I have a minister of mine who I did, he has got some wonderful ones. And one time he was trying to make an analogy between soccer and hockey. And what came out was hawker and socky. <laughs> and he says, no, 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 no. Congregation. What I meant was, Hawker and Saki. No, that's not right again. I meant Hawker and Saki. He kept on saying he did it like five times. <laughs> the poor way. guy. The poor I, guy. I, we, when I was in seminary, we had a list of phrases that, and it was it was about twenty five to thirty, maybe even more than that, phrases that you had to be careful with uh, because you didn't like fiery darts of the devil. You don't want to confuse that and say diarrhea farts. You, know, you don't want to confuse that. Um, so you know it's those it's those moments like that where you you as as a person that speaks for a living, you have to, in some respects, get control of your tongue. Yeah, and 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 work on it. 
work on what you're getting ready. Sometimes things happen, and and you and you roll with it. You um, just like just like a you know a concert pianist will make a mistake, and and they just roll with it. They act mm-hmm. like they you know people who know what the piece is supposed to sound like will know. Okay, that was, yeah, he messed up there. Or she messed yeah. up there. But people like me, I'm like. What do I know? Mozart, yeah. you know, Mozart did that whole, you know, couldn't, he couldn't hear, you know, yeah. like, and it put that thing up. Yep. Um, that, you, Beethoven, by the way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <laughs> That's what I sure. tell people when it comes to leading worship. Uh, if you make a mistake, just keep going. That's right. Just keep going. A good majority of people may not even realize that you made a mistake. If you make it obvious, they will know that yeah. you just made a mistake. Because well, sometimes when I make mistakes, I'll start laughing. But I also yeah. start laughing when somebody does something that impresses me. So yeah. no, 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 they never know if I'm laughing because of a mistake or if because someone did something that was very impressive. Yeah. So, yeah. And well, so that's why I change up my laugh depending on what it is. Oh, do you? Like if it's a mistake, I go. Ha, ha. Oh, OK. Nelson from The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, I thought I, I thought I came up with that. Laugh. No, sorry about that. I, I, I say, I tend to hold on to mistakes more than I do good things. Like I, I've still got some mistakes and some of them are usually music involved. Like going, we went to, a Aaron's family has like a get together out in Springfield and, uh, Aaron and I were coerced into playing, uh, Rocky top. And I was on guitar. She was on violin and <clears throat> for the life of me, I couldn't remember how the song went. I'm going to make a lot of people mad by saying that, but I couldn't remember how this, I couldn't remember. And I, it couldn't, it didn't come to me. I didn't have it written out, nothing. And man, we botched it. It was bad. And that was, that was, uh, probably no, that was probably like 15 years ago. Oh, and I still hold on to that, but I guarantee you, none of those people that were there remember it. They probably don't remember it at all. Yeah. And, it, and I made a mistake in the pulpit. I'm, I'm embarrassed to say what it was. I had written down the correct thing that Paul was a Pharisee, but you know what I said in front of the congregation? You didn't I, say he was a Sadducee, did you? I did. I did, mm-hmm. but I had written down in my notes that I wasn't looking at mm-hmm. that Paul was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And I, my way of remembering it has always been Paul starts with P, Pharisee starts with P. But then for some reason in my mind, in front of them, I was thinking Saul starts with S, Sadducee starts with S. <laughs> <laughs> and so... One of the guys in the in the in the congregation um, who was well learned in scripture and went to seminary came to me and said, "You were incorrect." And I said, "I'm sorry. What did I say?" You said that Paul was a Sadducee, but Paul was a Pharisee. And I said, "I know. <laughs> I know. I made that mistake, and I knew it, but I didn't correct it. I knew it after I said it, and I didn't even correct it because I couldn't." I was trying to do that word, like uh, um, trying to figure out in my mind if it was S for Sadducee or P for Pharisee, and I couldn't find it in my notes fast enough to correct myself, and so I just kept going. I just kept going. Yeah, so you know how I've handled that when I've made 
made that type of mistake because I go, I kind of look at it and go, you know what, that's not right. That's not right. And then that gives me, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm trying to find my answer. Right, right, yeah. You know, but, or I just roll with it and somebody comes up to me like it happened with you and then I go, you know what, yeah, that, that was wrong. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. And that's what uh, I said to him. I was like, yeah, I know. And I realized after the fact that I, I said the wrong thing. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, that's why I, it's better if I stick to my notes. <laughs> yeah. But one, one thing that, one thing that uh, I feel Solomon is saying in his wisdom here about wisdom is that the foolish, the foolish mistakes that we make sometimes to ourselves often way more than wisdom and honor like they and to others if if i am expected to have knowledge i'm expected to have skills or i'm expected to have training or i'm expected to go into something with the ability to do it there are people that expect that from me i'm 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 not going to call an electrician to come and fix the pipes under my house from my plumbing right? I'm going to call a plumber. And so then I expect that plumber to come out. It's going to cost me an arm and a leg because that's just how these things go these days to get whatever it is fixed underneath my house. And if that guy comes to me and says, well, you've got a busted pipe. I said, Oh no, what happened? Well, I leaned on it and it busted. So that's going to cost you another $3,000. And I'm like, what? No. Well, if you if you make that mistake, then you own it and you pay for it. Why why should I have to pay for uh, first world problems here again? Why why, so why why should I pay for something that a mistake that someone else made? And so I would expect that person to be wise. I don't expect that person to, to keep his word. I would expect that person to have a certain amount of honor. But for his foolishness and doing that, all of that is wiped away. I know I can no longer trust that person. And I wonder if that's kind of what Solomon's getting into here, too. Well, um, yeah, uh, and I think I think so. I mean, I, in other words, the the perfumer should know better. Uh huh. The, the assumption is, is that he left the jar open. Right. I think that may be a correct assumption, but in other words, he should know better. But if if we try to pull gospel out of this, right? If if we're say let's say we're getting ready to preach this passage in just this one verse, ooh, all right. Um, there's only one man that's walked the earth that's never made that, never made a single mistake, right? Every single one of us has got mistakes. Now we have degrees and levels of mistakes. There are mistakes that are made that aren't sin. There are mistakes, you know, like you just stubbed your toe. All right. Well, that was a mistake in mobility that happens. Uh Right. Um, And then there's the mistake that you make in a math problem when you're learning math for the first time. Uh That's an error. That means you're not inerrant. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And then there's the sinful transgressions. We all, we make every single one of these things. Mm -hmm. 
but there is one individual who's wisdom incarnate. Mm. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And what is beautiful about the gospel is Jesus Christ comes and he removes our guilt of the mistakes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I you know, get angry at a lawnmower for not working. God, you know, same thing with a computer. Computer doesn't do what I tell it to do. It I just get up and walk around for a bit. I read a book and wait for the computer to finally realize, hey, I've been telling you to do something for the past 30 minutes. And now it's taking you 30 minutes to open that you know, piece of software up. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's in essence what Solomon's getting at is life. Things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. What we don't want to do when the when the fly gets in the ointment and we realize we've made the mistake or I've leaned on this pipe and now it's burst. What we don't want to do is turn around and make a further mistake. And yeah, because think think to <clears throat> you stub your toe. What's the reaction to that mistake? Oh yeah, kick the kick the chair, kick the chair. Yeah, that's dumb. Or what comes out of your mouth in that moment? Think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most make, of the time I've, what comes out of my mouth is <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. My mine's yeah. usually who moved this chair? <laughs> Shouldn't have been here. Yeah. No, I think talking about application, I think of um the folly in man, the mistakes that man makes. And yeah, the the fact that there's that we lose trust in people. We can, we can often lose trust in people because of the mistakes that they make, but there is one who has come who, who never made a single mistake. That's right. And so if everything that he says is truth, then we take it. We take it as truth. Everything that he said is truth is something that we can trust. So we can look at his promises and know that, that he is faithful mm-hmm. and that even the things that we hope for will happen because we know that the one who said it said it in truth cannot lie, cannot make a mistake. So everything he said was truth. So we rely on his truth. Well, and it gets back to some of the things we were talking about earlier too, is everything, not only is everything he said, but everything he said that's come into existence mm-hmm. has within it truth. Yeah. In other words, there is such a thing as objective truth. Mm. Two plus two equals four because God said so. And only the fool says it equals five. That's that's folly. Somebody's uh, the pronouns that we use in a sentence are not flexible. There's laws that govern grammar. Yeah. That transcend culture. Biology governs. It transcends culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the people that are walking around and wanting to claim to be this this sex or that sex, when they're they're dead and buried and their bones are uncovered, they won't know what type of fluidity that individual had. Hmm. Because their skull, their, their frame will tell what they truly are. That's called objective fact. And only the fool says in his heart, there is no God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, in essence, what Ecclesiastes 10.1 is saying is you have that type of fool 
And then you have the folly of mankind, mm-hmm. the mistakes that we make, those things that can be life or death. They can be life or death. Think about driving. You're going 65 miles an hour and your phone's sitting there and somebody texts you and you look down, you just glance down and you don't see that deer coming across. That little glance was, was the mistake. That's the problem. It could cost a lot, yeah. Yeah, and that leaving that jar of ointment open just for that little bit mm-hmm. causes that fly to get in there, and it's it's ruined. Maybe you were selling it, right? Maybe could... you were needing it, and it's it's now ruined. You know that doesn't mean the individual's a fool. I I think we need to make sure that's clear. Right? No, no, no. But it no. does mean the individual's human. Right. Erroneous. Oh, and gets to the folly to the one respected for honor wisdom and honor this guy is the expert that's why i think it was wise for you to bring up the plumber Mm -hmm. you know but the perfumer is doing more than just making perfumes you know the ointment could be healing you know for health as well um so you go to the physician this is this is another thing that troubles me in our culture the idea of health insurance troubles me I go to a physician, I know they're human, I know they may make a mistake on diagnosing me. I'm not going to turn around and sue them because they're human. What would be the point in that? (laughs) Suing them because he makes a mistake? That's silly. It's ridiculous. But people are doing that now. You know, but I've told my students, when you get up behind the pulpit and you say, congregation the sermon passage today is john 3 1 through 8 and you never take them into john 1 uh, john 3 1 through 8 you have lied to them you have lied to them because you told them we're going to be in this passage this is where we're going to be this morning and if Mm -hmm. you never never get into it you never open it up you never dig into it you've got no business being up there Mm. One of the men that I look up to as a a minister, preacher, he's one of the guys that I've I've read quite heavily of. He did that with a sermon in the book of Acts. He gets up there and says, this is the sermon passage. And then he ended up delivering a message on voting. Why we need to vote in the coming up presidential election. Wow. This was, was, you know, 12, uh, 12, 16 years ago. This was was a while ago. Uh Uh-huh. It just was, it was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. You said we were going to be in the book of Acts. Right. You said. Uh-huh. You, I mean, that's the tone that I, 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 I get. Is you, you told me this is where we're going to be today, and we're not. That, to me, is, is foolish. Mm-hmm. That's just foolish. We, we as, you, as you rightly pointed out, there's expectations we need to have of those people um, that are in authority. You said we weren't going to have to wear masks past this point. We're now 12 months after that. Mm. You said. Now, it clearly, you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Why are you still in a position to be trusted? Right. You said this would be over in the summer. We're now stepping into the second summer. You said. Uh-huh. That, that's it. 
Yeah, politicians are like uh, meteorologists. Oh, that guy's a physician, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he's a politician. A politician, that's for sure. But, I mean, but that, that in essence is what, you know, they have left the lid off. And in other words, they're, he's not prepared. So do you think that our modern take of this idiom has gone astray? The idea that a fly in the ointment is a, just a minor nuisance? No, I think that's a, that's, I think, no, I think that's, I think it, I think it covers that and more. Uh-huh. Okay. In other words. I think it covers, I think it was a lot deeper than, yeah, I think it goes a lot deeper than just the idea of a minor nuisance. Right, right. And so. Like, no, this, this hangnail has been just a fly in the ointment. I think that, that basically goes against what Ecclesiastes is talking about. So yeah. That to me is that first world thing. Right. So, okay, your, your hangnail is not causing you to lose your job. Right. Right. Now, here, here's what I want to do. Thank you for listening. And we appreciate your support. If you would like to give in financial support to J.P. Mosley's ministries at Heidelberg Theological Seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, you may do so at heidelbergseminary.org slash support hyphen HTS. That is heidelbergseminary.org slash support hyphen HTS. And if you would like to give to the ministries of Tip Mosley at Fellowship Baptist Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, you may do so at thefellowshipbc.org slash give. That is thefellowshipbc.org slash give. Thank you, and may God bless.